Welcome to episode 27 of How About Them Huskies. I'm Connor, joined with Matt, Andrew, and Matt, and a very special guest, Isaiah Whaley. Zay, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm happy to be on with you guys. Yeah, we thank you for coming. As some of you may know, if you watch our live stream, Zay was supposed to be on, but something came up. He couldn't join us, but we're going to get you some Isaiah Whaley content like you all want. So he's here today. We're going to ask him a few questions, just catch up with him. And I think I'll just get right into it here. The first one, how's your G League experience been with the Swarm so far this season? Uh, it's been cool. It's been it's it's been fun. It's it's a lot different than college. It's it's I mean it, it's exhausting. Like the, our schedule, like back to back games. You play the same team literally back to back, and it's just like every other day you're in the airport. Every other day you living out a suitcase for a while, and it's just like it's exhausting. But it's fun though because you get a lot more freedom to do what you want to do, and you don't gotta worry about school. It's just literally just basketball. Try to get better. And you're working on yourself, basically. So it's a it's a blessing, especially I get to be uh, close to home and I get to uh, play with somebody I used to play with in college and uh, book night. So uh, just the whole experience been cool for me. And uh, I don't know, it, it's been it's been cool. I mean, I, I like it. You know, some people it's a it's a lot to deal with, especially with just how exhausting it is. But I don't know. I mean, it's a lot. I like it. I don't know if I like it more than college. I like the the whole college experience is it's just something that's it's kind of harder to like match, but just the freedom is uh, I like the freedom of the G League, the professional. You mentioned close so. to home. You're from Gastonia, North Carolina. I checked; it's between an hour, two hours away. Does that add to the like how cool it is seeing you're playing pretty much for your hometown squad? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a blessing. But my rookie year, well, my first year to be able to be close to home, um, and then have my family be a, my family uh, system to pull up to the games because they never really got to come to any UConn games like that. So for them to be able to come to games and whenever I'm going like going through a tough stretch, I could be able to like go go back home and reset. That's always good for me and stuff. So uh, I feel like for my first year, it's, uh, being close to home is a real blessing. Yeah, and you talk about, uh, you know, being busy. Uh, it's like very strenuous schedule. Um, would you say that would be the biggest difference between college and the G League? Or would you say that there are many of other uh, differences and that's just the biggest one? Yeah, like the schedule is way more open and free. Like you're done with your day usually around like 12.45, 1 o'clock, and then you got the rest of the day to do whatever. And in college, it's like... <laughs> It's like literally every single part of your schedule is like filled up with something. Like I don't know, people always get this like notion that like you know being a college college athlete just like oh it's all it's so cool, but it's like it's exhausting though because like literally like we're busy every like literally hour of the day, and once we finally get back to the room, it's like six thirty or seven. And there's like, and then for freshmen, the freshman year is the hardest year because they put you in like study halls, so you don't get back to your apartment till like late, late night. And then you finally get back to the apartment, you got to eat, got shower, and then once you do all that, like you don't really have any free time. You just going to sleep basically, or trying to sneak in something that you can do extra or something. So, uh, colleges, college, being a college athlete is like exhausting but it's fun though because you get the, the atmosphere you get the college experience and all that but but the uh, professional like the the free time you get as a professional is just so 
it's 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 dangerous. Though. I feel like it's it's a little dangerous uh, a little bit because you have so much free time, you don't know what to do with it, and you're just like, ah, I gotta find something. Like you just so some people like some people it's hard for them. They just they don't know what to do with the free time. So I I I'm trying to find new hobbies and stuff. To, you know, filling that that free time. Yeah, we had that exact same conversation with um Ty Polly yesterday about how much more free time he has now that he's a pro as opposed to a student athlete. And I just have another question. Um, You talked about it earlier a little bit, playing with James. Just how's that been? I was been playing with James book night because you guys kind of go back to the college days. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been an experience. It's always cool to see James and especially to see how much he's grown since I've seen him in college. He's, he's changed, he's changed a little bit. He's matured a lot and, you know, it's 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 cool seeing how much he's grown and and it's crazy he's younger than me, but I got asked him about like the NBA lifestyle and, and and how he's been adjusting and it's cool to just see somebody that you've seen like develop like you play with for two years and you see how much they've grown and so that's that's a real cool thing and then and I'm just seeing like I'm seeing like you know watching him try to get through a tough stretch and seeing him try to get himself together and we're helping, helping each other out and stuff. So, uh, I mean, I feel like that's really cool to be able to play with, um, something with the college with. And then it's funny that I always, I don't play it against Christian Vital against like uh, at least like five or like five times. And it's always like cool to run into him. And he's, uh, he's one of the most like heart, like he's one of the most hardworking people that I've ever known. So it's always good to see my fellow, like UConn, uh, you know, Husky teammates. And I haven't got to play Reese yet, but I think I'm, I hope I get to play him soon. So, Does being on the floor with James make you feel like maybe you could come into your own game a little bit better? Does it make you feel like, you know, maybe you're at the more top of your game rather than when he's off the court? Yeah, like whenever we're on the court together, it's always like good chemistry. Like we know exactly how to play with each other, literally on offense and defense. He knows during the pick and roll coverage with me and him and he knows exactly what I want to do and how he can – get um have an advantage on defenders on defense and offense. I know exactly how you want the ball. I know if I get the ball, I know he likes the back cut a lot. If I if I had a ball and I know how I know exactly I know literally all his tendency on offense. He knows where I'm good on offense. So it's always good to have somebody on the court that you that knows exactly your tendencies and stuff. So what we make each other better whenever we're on the court together at the same time. I think now we'll shift to some more UConn-centered questions now, and I have one here for you. You played 138 games over five seasons. That's a lot of games. Can you narrow it down to one that was your favorite? Man, I got I got so many like favorites. I got a couple. My first, my first one was uh, Memphis when we played against Precious. That's when a cook went down and. It was just like when he went down, it was like it was like a awkward, like uh I don't know, everything was like sad and like everybody you could just feel like the the building like emotions like just like sink and like just but like but we all came together and that was like actually like my breakout game where I was able to like to show coach that I could actually help the team out and that's when we rallied together and pulled that win out. So that's one of my favorite games. And the Houston senior day, well, with when Christian Vartal, we played Houston at home the senior day game. 
that was actually a really uh, fun game to be a part of too. So probably, oh, and uh, of course the Auburn game from uh, last year, that was actually like really fun, fun game to be a part of. So probably those three. I just want to ask a quick question. You were talking about the Memphis game against Precious. Uh, yeah. I remember back when Precious was being recruited, you know, now that this is all said and done, you know, it seemed like it was Memphis or UConn. Uh, I don't know. Were you guys thinking about that? Was that talked about at all? Uh, what oh, that was, was the thought on that? Yeah, that was definitely discussed. You can and like the coaches really wanted like to to win that game because you know it was it was, it was definitely talked about and it was talked about how pressure was supposed to come to UConn and you know in the back of my mind I was I didn't really care. I mean I, I was like, hey, I mean if he was at UConn, I probably wouldn't have been here anyway. So I mean. But at the same time, like, yeah, if I get an opportunity, I want to show everybody that I'm better than Precious. Like, I want to show that, like, I'm the right person that we that we don't need Precious, basically. So that's that was my mindset going into that game. If I was, I was like, if I'm get the opportunity, I'm gonna show that that we never we don't really need Precious. And but everybody else, it was like, man, he Precious supposed to be here. Precious supposed to come to UConn. We gotta, he gotta get revenge, revenge game. Like, got payback. So it was like, all right, well, let's go, let's go do it then. So everybody had an extra like, like uh, gear to him, and that's when a cook was really hyped for that game, and it was just bad that he went down with that Achilles injury. So he was, he was actually having a really good start to that game too. So, but yeah, everybody was really hyped for that game because it was like, okay, you chose, you chose them over us. All right, so that was a fun game. So you saw me ask, uh, you saw the clip of me asking Ty Pauly, who was the funniest guy he played with at UConn was, and he said it was you. And then we had RJ say it was Tyrese. And then Adama said that it was Tyrese and a cook. So now we got to know from you, who's the funniest guy you ever played with? I have, <laughs> I got three people. I got three, but I got one. That's the funniest. I right, the funniest person I've had to say is, Josh, Josh Carlton, but there's some other people like Quentin Williams. I was Quentin Williams was actually hilarious, but that uh, Quentin Williams hilarious, and uh, Christian Foxen, Christian Foxen walk on hilarious, and actually, um, coach, uh, coach son Andrew Hurley. That's one of my. That's my guy. If y'all ever got to talk, if you ever get to talk to him, when he's he's actually hilarious. But I'll probably say Josh Carlton. But um, Quentin Williams is probably a close second. You gotta remember, I played at UConn five years, so yeah. there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of people that you know. So it's a lot of a lot of people that I got to encounter and talk, uh, have good moments with. But uh, and Tyrese is. Tyrese, yeah, of course, Tyrese a popular one because he's actually he's hilarious and he's just. I'm surprised. I'm surprised nobody really said James because James is <laughs> James is actually like one of the funniest people to be around. Even to this day, he's just random. You really never know what you're gonna get with him. He's just wild card, literally. So, yeah. yeah. Ty was Ty was talking about how James is really funny, uh, but only if he knows you. Yeah, yeah. If he don't really know you like that, he's gonna be like quiet, but. If he know you, he's just gonna just he's just one he's just type to just say the most random things and just all on and off the court, he just just random. 
you never know what he's going to say or what he's going to do. So, See, that's expected. But Josh, I'm really surprised that – I think RJ said Josh too because in all the games I watched him play, I don't know if I saw Josh smile once on the court. <laughs> it's interesting to hear that you guys say that he's one that's, of the funniest. That's the act. That's the, that's the whole act by him. Him trying to be serious. Like, he's trying to play, like, paint this little serious, like uh, – persona on the court love mad serious persona but he's like one of the goofiest people that you could ever like meet so that's that's a that's a mask <laughs> that's funny him and Hurley are definitely on our bucket list to talk to and of course we'd have to ask them the same question it seems like it's becoming a common theme here we're just going to ask every guest we have yeah I mean he's not a teammate but the funniest person in the whole UConn organization is definitely Dan Hurley by yes, far. So. <laughs> yeah. By far. Yeah, I just got another question. Um is, like what do you miss about UConn? Is there anything like you really miss about UConn? And if so, what exactly is it? Uh just the the brotherhood. The brotherhood really like just I don't know, just especially after a tough game or a tough stretch of games or something, man. Um, just like being able to go back to your teammates and just talk it out and be able to still laugh and have a good time because you, you, even even now, like, if you're losing at UConn, it's literally the worst feeling ever as the, like, player. Like, if the fans, they can feel bad, just to, like, imagine how it feels to actually be the player. Like, it, it's, it's, like, one of the worst feelings. So, but being able to, like, lean on your teammates and still be able to have a good time and laugh and, had those moments and go out together and maybe go out to a party or go out to dinner together. Just those moments are always, a, uh, you know, times that I really miss the most because those moments I've made lifetime friends, like, uh, from UConn. All my, you know, best, closest friends are from the basketball team. So that's probably what I most uh, miss most about UConn. You know, you talk about the brotherhood uh, that comes with it. Uh, you were recruited not by Dan Hurley. Uh, you were recruited by Kevin Ollie. Um, I'm just going to stop, you know, ask you a quick question first. What was that like? How was it uh, being recruited by Kevin Ollie? And, I mean, uh, did you have any second thoughts uh, when Danny was coming in? Uh, being recruited by Kevin Ollie, it was, it was interesting because off gay, like, it was just like, it was like a – he he was it was more about like he wanted to build like a family like type of relationship, so that was cool and all that. So when I committed to him, I was I already knew it was kind of he was kind of on the hot seat, but I was kind of I don't know I didn't really know the full situation I was gonna be. And so with Dan, when Coach Hurley came in, he kind of like he kind of embodied and reminded me like about reminded me about like my high school coach like that tense, crazy like coach that's like in your face and those type of coaches that I like I love like I love to go to war for and I love like all his principles so I was like I knew he knew nothing about me like he probably never heard of me and like he probably didn't probably probably wished I actually probably did transfer at first and so I was like you know what I feel like in my head I was like I feel like I'm exactly the player that like that I'm, I'm an exact player that he like would want but he don't really know that I'm that player so in my head, I was like, all right, I'm going to just keep working to show him that I'm the type of player that he want, that, that he needs. Because I, I feel like I was the exact player that he was always talking about, like, 
you know, I was like, yeah, I need a tough player that's going to do all this. But in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm that. I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm that type of player. So, um, uh, at first, the first year was like really rough. It was like, man, I just, I was like, man, I just want an opportunity to show them, like, I, I don't, I don't suck. <laughs> but I'm like, I, let me, I just want an opportunity. But you know, I'm gonna just, you know, sit back, keep working, keep my head down. I ain't gonna never complain. Not gonna ever be a distraction. My main goal is like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a distraction. I don't want to be like, where you, I don't want to be moping on the bench. I want to keep on cheering, but I want to be keeping my head down, keep working, and then. First year, I was like, man, I ah, uh, like, let me just get it, like at least two minutes, and then I couldn't really go on the court until like the last game where I got in, like the during the conference tournament, and I got in. I think I had like what eight points or something. It was like, okay, well, you can do a little something. And then the next year, junior year, I was like, okay, this is. I worked super hard the offseason. I was like, okay, yeah, this is going to be the year right here, junior year. All right, let's go. And then uh, halfway through the season, did it touch the court? I'm like, oh, man. I was like, and so I started having doubts. So I'm like, man, I should have transferred, man. Uh, i like, you know what? I think after this year, I think, yeah, I was like, yeah, after this year, I think I'm going to just go ahead and transfer. So like, I already had it planned in my head. After, like, after the junior year, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to. I did all I could. He just didn't see that I was, you know, good enough yet. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna just transfer. And then the injuries happened, and I was like, all right, well, now is uh, now I got no excuse now. So, and then that's how that happened. But it just came down for me just putting my head down and just not making excuses, just working really. So, yeah. You know, it's funny how you say. Um, at first, it doesn't even seem like Danny knew really much about you. And then by the time you were leaving, you almost seemed like the face of the Dan Hurley culture for a little while, you know, being the wrench and all. Do you feel like you really benefited from him coming in and like just adding to your mental toughness, adding to your physical toughness with his coaching style? Oh, yeah. Uh, by far. Uh, I definitely think I do. Uh, even during the pre-drop process, like all the NBA coaches and stuff, and they asked me, like, do you not, like, do you regret, like, not transferring and try to get like, I guess maybe try to be like a marquee star player somewhere else or something like that. And and I always give him the same answer. I like those. I would just say no because those tough times and those that that period where I had to just grind my way up to the to the top basically, and I guess prove myself that actually made me stronger mentally because I didn't break. I didn't break mentally and I just kept going. So. um I don't know. That's, I take a lot of pride in that, basically, just knowing that I didn't give up. I just kept on going. So I take a lot of pride in that. And uh, that made me and his relationship a lot stronger, even now to this day, because uh, he saw that I was he saw that I was willing to put in the work and I ain't give I ain't like fold, basically. So even to this day, he'll just he'll text me out in that like if I have a good game in the G League, he'll text me like, let's go wrench. Or stuff like that, the whole coaching stuff. So like I still have a good, real close relationship with all those uh guys. And uh yeah, I mean I wish I would have been able to come on the, uh come over to go to the C Hall game. I really wanted to go to that, but things came up. But I'm gonna be around those guys a lot this summer though. And speaking of the coaching staff, was there something specific that either Danny or guys like Kamani, Luke Murray, Tom Moore, something that they said or taught you that you really took into your pro career? Um, 
it's crazy because Coach Murray, he's a newer coach, but his first year, it was just, he came in and he was just basically just telling me, like, he like, just be confident. Like, just, he like, man, he like, you're a way better basketball player that you, that you, that you even give yourself credit for. Like, you've, you've, uh, like, you worked your way back up to being a, like, a really predominant, like, college basketball player, but you're still, like, just cracking the surface and you're a lot better than, like, you're still a lot better than, like, than what you showed. Like, you can do a lot more. And Coach Murray just came in. So he came in, he was just telling me about confidence. And Coach Moore, he's one of the coaches. He just, even the whole time I was on the bench, he was always, he was always the coach, like, telling me, like, just keep on working. Like, just, like, just don't don't stop working. Just keep on believing in yourself. Keep working. So him and Kamani, those those guys just really just kept, like, kept me, like, motivated and kept me, like, having hope and just kept on going, basically. So all those coaches, they, they're really, like, good with just keeping, like, like the uh, players' heads up and stuff. Yeah, they see. They really seem like they they really want to set you guys up for success. Not even just at this level currently, but at the next level too. It's really, it's great to hear that. Yeah, they they definitely care about um, us off the court. Yeah, even they, all the books that we read as a team and all the people that they bring in. Like, they don't bring in people just to talk about basketball. They sometimes they bring in people to talk about financial stuff and like how to finance and make businesses and stuff to invest in stuff. And so it's like, they actually care about what you do after you're done with basketball. And even the coaches, they basically tell me like, you know, after basketball, like they even help me out. If I ever wanted to even think about pursuing coaching, they're being my corner, helping me out. So they, they actually really care about whatever you do outside of basketball as well. So that's why it's like a brotherhood and family. Uh, UConn. Yeah, and I, I I feel like I understand what you're trying to say about, you know, uh, you know, confidence is a big, big part of it. Uh, you see a lot of top 50, top 100 recruits who, you know, they'll come into a big program and, you know, it doesn't necessarily work out. Uh, and I, I can say that, I mean, you've seen that at UConn a few times, not where they haven't worked out, but I would just say over the past five years where players weren't put into a position right away that maybe they'd like to be in. I feel like James is one of them. Uh, you know, he had a slow start to that year. Uh, and then there was like a suspension and then he, um, he wasn't getting the minutes, even though he was being productive in those minutes, he didn't see the minutes. Another one, I would say this year, uh, even though we weren't going to be sure of Israel, Alex Caravan, uh, he wasn't even, he wasn't supposed to be starting. I, I wasn't sure what, uh, his role would have been off the bench, but you know, an injury slotted him to the starting lineup. So, I mean, I do think you're right. And it seems like they do do a great job of, you know, keeping your heads up and, you know, keeping you guys motivated. I just want to know if you would agree with that. Oh, yeah, I definitely uh, agree with that. And I can even see, like, see, like, watching their games. I can see, you know, if someone's, like, down in a cell, I can tell, like, the coaches are really, like, pushing those guys to stay, keep their heads up and stuff. And it's not even just the coaches. Like, the whole, like, with the managers and then the um the uh, coaches are sitting like every, everybody in that whole thing and the walk-ons that they, they all everybody do a good job of lifting each other up man uh, um it's a it's a, a cool thing um and that's what it comes down to confidence really like like a lot of people are it's a lot of skilled players but you know like you said like confidence really like you know uh determines whether or not you're gonna really be successful or not and if you're when if your confidence starts to waver that's when things start to go down real fast. So 
um i don't know i feel like always having that reset whenever in that that good like circle around you uh that can help you keep your confidence up it's going to be big and yeah yeah, we mentioned the team this year a little bit. I want to know your thoughts. Obviously, they started the year 14-0, and made it all the way to number two, went on a little slide, now they're coming back. What are your thoughts on the guys this year? Um, I'm proud of those guys, to be honest. I'm always I'm one of the biggest fans. I'm always watching every – trying to watch every single game. Even me and uh, Diane Marshall, we, we, we talking during the uh, – game to each other he'll at during halftime he'll look at the UConn score he'll talk to me like yo Zay we're down six or something I'm like what and so we're just like it's always fun like it's a whole basically like it's a whole family brotherhood we always always talk about UConn but uh, I'm proud of those guys really um I mean they'll get all the way to number two that was that was crazy so I don't know I never like it's it was always hard it's kind of hard for me to be like I relate to what they're going through or basically like you get to number two in the country. Cause I've never, we never, I never got to number two and, you know, I didn't start, you know, falling games. And like, I already, I already know. All right. Cause all right. That's one that I can relate to them with. It's like when you start losing games and then the fans start losing confidence in you and then everybody starts, it's like, everything's going downhill and everything, but I'm proud about, I'm proud with how they, um, how they uh like rebounded and how they like got back to their identity basically because it seemed like they was starting to lose what got uh what helped them get to number two in the country and I'm happy that they uh, started to do that and um I mean I'm happy that a lot of the guys are starting getting their confidence back like Andre was out for with an injury but and you could tell he was trying to get himself back together and even had a couple stretches of games where like you could tell his confidence was kind of kind of down and I've been in those situations where a team might play you a certain way and then your confidence yourself you're down yourself but I'm glad to start seeing that he's starting to figure it out and get his confidence back up and all those guys are starting to figure it out so I'm proud of those guys and I mentioned earlier I'll switch topics a little bit here you played five seasons you had that extra year of eligibility with COVID, you chose to take it what was the thought process like for that was there any doubts was there like was it an easy decision like how was that? Oh, uh, it was it was a lot of doubts. I was I was uh, in my head. I was already set to just. I was I was already set for just going. I was just going to try to just go overseas or something and just, you know, try to. I was wanting to go pro. Uh, I was wanting to just be done with college. I was like, yeah, I'm done. And so I was, yeah, in my head, I was set to be done like the whole year. Like I was like, you know what, I'm done. It's my last year. I'm um, gonna have a good year. I had a good year. I think I yeah I got defensive player of the year. Like you know what, I'm gonna go overseas, try to make some money and stuff like that. But um, you know, coach, you know we had we had a good talk, and you know, and then it was like COVID and stuff. So a lot of the jobs overseas, it was like like iffy and stuff and all that stuff. And it was basically like if you come back and you do have a better year, you can even make even more opportunities for yourself. And so I was like, you know what, I mean. You're right. So let's let's go. Let's try it again, basically. And and so and then I started recruit, recruiting Tyler. I was like, all right, Tyler, I'm coming back. All right. I need you to come back with me. He's like, I don't know, man. I, I had to convince him to come. Like, come on, man. Don't leave me by myself. And so he's like, all right. And so Tyler came back with me. But um, I can't say it was an easy decision, but it was 
to go to another school was never, uh, never, um, never something I was thinking about. I couldn't even imagine myself going to another school. That would be just, it would just be defeat, defeat the purpose of everything that I built at UConn, helped build at UConn. So, yeah, but it was a, it was a hard decision, but I'm glad I uh, made that decision though. Oh, I got an interesting one for you. You said you're UConn through and through, which we love that you are. But we got to know, who would your all-time starting five for just UConn be? Uh, Kemba, uh, Ray Allen, uh, Richard, uh, yeah, Richard Hamilton, uh, Ameka. Alrighty, that's four. This is the tough one. Center is the tough one. That is a tough one. Yeah. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do Hashim. The V. Okay, I'm I like that. Hashim. That's a that's a starting five that goes. I mean, all over the place. Yeah. In the '90s <laughs> and up to the 2000s and even 2011 with Kemba. Mm-hmm. That's a good starting five, though. That's a damn good starting five. Yeah, that's that's a that's a that's hard to beat. Uh, got a sheen with the you know saying that's a hard start five to beat. Yeah, people I forget mean, about people forget about Hashim at UConn. I mean, they only think about the Memphis Grizzlies, but he, yeah, he was a dog they, back in the day. Yeah, they forget. Once. That's a that's an underrated pick. I was probably the first person to say that. So yeah. I think that'll just about do it here if you guys don't have any more questions. I have one real quick before we go. We're filming this Sunday night, NBA All-Star Game. I realize the teams haven't been picked, at least to our knowledge, as we're doing this podcast. But who do you got, Team Giannis or Team LeBron? <sighs> team LeBron is like, what, like 6-0 and so far? So, you know what? I love an underdog story. I love a good underdog story. So I'm going to go with Team Giannis. <laughs> Yeah, I love to hear it. Like I said, we don't know the rosters as of now, but we'll yeah, go to be honest. I'm I'm with you on that one. I just have a feeling LeBron probably still gonna get the better roster. <laughs> All right. And I think that'll just about do it here. Episode twenty seven. Isaiah, thanks for coming on. It was a blast. I appreciate you doing this after fell through yesterday, but you're welcome back anytime. I know you mentioned maybe you and Ty coming on together at some point. So Maybe you can look forward to that. And yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. All right. And for the viewers, thank you for watching. Big game coming up this week against Providence. I'm not sure if I'll have a preview of that or not, but it's going to be a big one. Senior night at Gamble. Zay knows what they're going to do about senior nights. He had two of them. So yeah. big game there. Maybe you'll see a preview from us. But if not, definitely a big recap. And yeah, thanks for watching.